get up, get, get up, get up. What is up, Mets fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Up Podcast, episode number 129, the official podcast of the New York Mets. And, ah, oh, deep breaths. Whew, after that rough Cub series, after the episode that was a little bit different than normal, we come back to you with a normal one because the Mets completed a four-game sweep of the last-place Pittsburgh Pirates. The Mets played pretty solid baseball from start to finish. A lot of really exciting things to talk about in this episode. So all the stuff that we said in last one, forget it. Push it behind like we said. Still acknowledge it. Still acknowledge it. Was it was good. It was useful. Yes. But productive. Yes, the info was productive. The info was useful. But the vibes, we got rid of them now, and we're we're back feeling positive here after a four-game sweep. As you guys know, if you enjoy what you're seeing here or listening, whatever you're doing, make sure you follow us on all our social media, at MetsUp on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're looking for the YouTube video, go to the New York Mets YouTube channel, subscribe over there. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts, drop us a rating, review, download, and subscribe. James, today, this is actually a first new location for us in a while. We are in the Piazza Club. Lovely. Piazza Club. We got Golden Hour. We're staring at the Arthur Ashe Arena. Lovely, beautiful queens in front of us. And it's a great day at Mets baseball. We, we saw a bat flying around, actually, yeah, before it this. It could come in anywhere. We don't know where it is, yeah. so you might see a bat in here. Listen, it wouldn't be the worst thing to happen if a bat came in and like landed on one of our shoulders. I think that would be I think that'd be pretty big for the podcast. It'd be great content. Also, if there's any mosquitoes in here, the bat's going to get it. For sure. Supersonic. Bats, bats are good. They're good. Bats are really cool animals. What is it? What are, are they animals or are they rodents? They're not birds. Definitely still an animal. You think so? <laughs> Definitely not a bird either. Yeah. But, no, it's not a bird. I know it's not a bird. I said it wasn't a bird. You Google, what's a bat? Yeah, what is a bat what about a marsupial i don't i've heard that used before what is a bat um it's a mammal okay it's, it's a, a mammal. mammal all right all right well hopefully the bat a mammal is probably marsup marsupial can be a mammal i think so, so it's in the same class yeah. classification that sounds about right yeah well now that we've had our <laughs> zoology talk Listen, it might come again so. it might come again we just wanted to prep you guys in case a bat does fly around us because it's it is here but Hey, let's talk about this pirate series. It was it was really nice. It was especially after what just happened. Felt really good to take four straight against a last place team. It was just nice, e mostly easy wins. The Pirates. I don't remember them even having a lead. Do you? I don't. I don't know. I don't have that stat. I'm not sure. But it really did feel like from start to finish, the Mets were in control of the series. Yeah. Thursday. No. Friday. They tied it up, but they never took a lead. And because it to one, they never took a lead. Thursday's the only game I can't remember, but I think we got ahead early on them. Yeah, Thursday we got ahead early. We scored the run in the first inning. Yep. The Pirates may not have led for one inning of the series. No, it's po it's very possible. We probably should have had that stat, but it's four-game series, as we say on this podcast all the time. They feel like, I mean, Years. The Thursday night's game feels like forever ago. We literally, like, you know how many NFL games have happened since then? Like, the entire week two has basically yeah. happened since the time that this episode is ready to drop. But game one started off cool because it was Roberto Clemente night. Everybody in Major League Baseball wore the number 21 in honor of Roberto Clemente, a guy who they probably should retire his jersey just across baseball. I think it's one of those that's... Been spoken about, right? Definitely been spoken about. Definitely worth it. I mean, what he did on and off the field is pretty incredible. So it's nice that Major League Baseball was showing the proper respect to Roberto Clemente, giving him a night. And... The Mets showed up, specifically Francisco Lindor showing up with those sick cleats that he had. Yeah, Roberto Clemente, customized cleats, just like had the Puerto Rican colors on them too. Very, very cool. He also wore a Roberto Clemente glove. It was Pittsburgh Pirates colors, yeah. which was very cool as well. He was mic'd up for an extraordinarily long amount of time on the Fox broadcast. It seemed like there was a point in that where it probably would have been more worth it for him not to be on the broadcast anymore, but it seemed like there was an inning going on. He was playing defense, but it's a great night for him overall. Also hit a very big home run on the yep. first pitch of an inning, just crushed one. Into the Coca-Cola corner, 109 miles an hour off the bat. Broke the Mets' single-season record for home runs by a shortstop. Great ball player. I don't know if you caught this, but after the game in his press conference, they were asking him about breaking, like, how does it feel to have the most single-season home runs in, for the Mets? And he was like, yeah, I don't really care. I just want to win a World Series. Yeah, and I was like, I, I love to hear that because, I, I mean, one, he's a beast. We love him. We're big Francisco Lindor guys over here. We're not Lindorks, but it's great to see that. He's like, okay, cool, Like, but it doesn't matter if we don't win at all. It's also, like, for him, it's a pretty inconsequential amount of home runs. Like, oh, it's my 24th home run. Like, I've had multiple years of hitting more home runs than that. <laughs> like, I don't know why this suddenly I didn't did it in different pants and shirt. Now it means more. You look at Francisco Lindor's numbers on the year quietly, quietly, because, again, it's not very good, as a lot of people would like to tell you. 24 homers, 94 RBI, 16 stolen bases, 267 average, 342 on base, 786 OPS. And as we know, he's just one of the best shortstops in all of baseball. 
Yeah, yeah, that's literally, literally is. I, I was gonna see if you missed a raw BR run scored from today, but you did not. No, no, no. I'm lucky. But listen, MLB.com, they are immediate with their stats. It's just really? not nearly. It's not nearly as in depth as you get on Baseball Reference or, or Fangraphs or even Savant. But they do give you up to date ones. So I want. That's why I went there for that. But yeah, Lindor played really well, and it, it seems like he kind of played the occasion too with how much this night means to like 100%. Puerto Rican culture. And it was just a very cool this happened for a team that's like so steeped in Puerto Rican culture probably more so than any other team in the league like, the amount of Puerto Rican players we have in this team coaches people in the front office executives yep. it's very it was very nice that this event happened here there were so many baseball players all-time baseball players in attendance for it Jimmy Rollins got booed thank god Carl Salgado was here yep got a nice cheer Beltron was here too I believe right yeah weird 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 to have Beltron here huh kind of I mean yeah especially after all that went down but I think he was happy to be here I'm sure he was happy, yeah. Yeah, it was it was cool. And he got a very nice uh, applause from the crowd, which was good. That's he good. Should. He deserves an applause, yeah, 100%. I mean, the, the guy best, was... One of the best Mets of our lifetime. Yeah, I was about to say, like, one of the best Mets center fielders, specifically, even, you know, that's ever been in this franchise has been great. And like we said, Lindor had a good big night, but there was other guys on this team, too, that played really well. Jeff McNeil, Jeff McKitts continues to be an absolute beast. Two hits in Thursday night's game, four hard-hit baseballs. I mean... He's just, he really is, he keeps this line moving. He's so invaluable to this team, whether it's, or invaluable, valuable. He's so valuable to this team. Invaluable is not the right word. I caught myself there. I didn't let you get that one. one, He's so valuable to this team, whether it's offensively or defensively, making plays. I mean, the dude's all over the place. You were right the first time. Invaluable also, too. Oh, really? Yeah, extremely useful. Indispensable. Oh, so they're interchangeable, essentially. I think this one's even more meaningful. Oh, so I was right. Yeah, you were right. Look at me. Trust the instinct. Listen, it's been a while since I've read a book, so. (laughs) McNeil set the table for a very, very good series that he would eventually have. Nimmo also walked three times in Thursday night's game, setting setting the table for a good series. He would have as well getting on base. Pete had two hits. Daniel Vogel back at three RBIs. Also had a very big series for Vogel, which we'll talk about more later. But the big story, besides Lindor from Thursday night, was Carlos Carrasco. Just completely shoving, having one of his most dominant starts of the entire second half, going six innings, striking out 11 Pirates hitters, only allowing four hits and two walks, one earned run, and just four hard-hit baseballs. It's pitched really it well. It just seemed like they really couldn't square him up and get anything on it at all, and a lot of that was because of his masterful changeup. It led the way. Second time in his last three starts that the changeup was his primary pitch. Hmm. Only other time that happened his whole year before that was his first start of the year. Okay. Which is kind of weird. That was also a game where like he bunched a bunch of pitches together, so it was first by a little bit. But these last two of those last three, it led the way like kind of by a lot. And that pitch had 14 whiffs on 28 swings. That's disgusting. The rest of his arsenal only had one. But the 14 whiffs by Carrasco on that changeup are the second tied for the second most by a pitcher with a changeup in any game this year, only trailing Sandy Alcantara. Which, uh, you know, he's good. It's in the Cy Young conversation. And you threw out that nice tweet from Matt Sub about how good he's been in the second half. He's well, been so he's good. Dominant. He's been so dominant. Let me, let me let me pull that up real quick because I feel like people can get lost sometimes in how valuable he has been to this team because, like, you know, he, he sprinkled in a start once or twice that weren't necessarily the sharpest, but even with those in there. He has, he has 15 wins. Yeah, he's, he's been incredible. So Not since, wins, guys, but it's still meaningful. Yeah, since July 1st, he's 7-2. and two. Not that we're record guys either, but 7-2, and two, and I think the Mets are 9-2 and two in his start, so that's, that's one you should care about. Yes. 59 and a third innings pitched, 2.12 ERA with a 25, almost 26% K rate and a 6.5% walk rate. Like, Amazing. that's... Really, really good for a guy that I think a lot of people wrote off. Yeah, wrote off at points. You know, more, more so last year. I think if you watch the Mets this year, you know Carlos Carrasco is the the man. He's a beast. But that's something that you've been banging that drum for a while. That Carrasco was going to be a huge part of that Francisco Lindor trade. That often I feel like it's forgotten. Yeah, I feel like even until like June, people were still like, oh, I really don't feel that comfortable with Carrasco. It's like the three or four in this rotation. But yeah. he's become one of the most trustworthy, reliable, and consistent three or four starting pitchers literally in the entire league. No, he's, he's been absolutely great, and he kept the Mets going here, handed the ball right off to Lugo, who did a great job as well, got 500, 500th career strikeout, which it's a pretty good amount for a guy who's kind of been a reliever as well for a while now. Yeah, I mean, it's also, I mean, also a very proud Puerto Rican doing yep. it on uh, Clemente Day. That was great. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I didn't Puerto know. Rican. He's Puerto Rican? Well, that was his. He wore it on his back for really? a Players yeah, Weekend. That was yeah. Players Weekend, That's Puerto funny. Rican. We need that win, though. We need this just, win. Also, just need an easy win. Just need the game where you like you score the run the first inning. You score significantly more runs than the other team. Yeah. They get almost no chance for damage at all whatsoever. You just cruise to a victory. Don't think about it, whatever. No, that's exactly what you should do. And it was also funny to mention from this game, too. Uh, O'Neal Cruz. I mean, we got to see O'Neal Cruz. I got to see him up close and personal. Well, at a Mets game for the first time ever. I technically saw him at spring training once, but that's not the same. 
and he could not hold on to his bat. He threw his bat like into the stands twice in this game, which I guess that I guess it's a good sign. He's feeling loose, I guess. But I've never seen someone, especially now with the netting, the way that the netting is behind the dugout, hit the netting and then it goes over because it just kept going. Like the dude, his bat speed, his his strength is pretty impressive. A little bit scary. I also want to shout out a lot of our fans and listeners yes, for this definitely. game because we very much did change the luck. We gave you guys a call to action last episode, and we said to tweet at us what you were doing to change the luck, and we got an unbelievable amount of replies from this. You guys delivered. Let's just read out some of the names that we see here. So This, this is my favorite one. Kenny Kenny Koopman. Oh, from the Netherlands. As requested, drove to Belgium from the Netherlands. And he, then he sent us the picture of him actually driving with the Edwin Diaz jersey hung over his car. And I was like, all right, that's freaking, that's that's awesome. No, Nick, Nick Kowal. Yeah, went shot, to Montreal. Went to Montreal from, I believe, Vermont. A quick little mm-hmm. drive for him. We've got Becky, who says, doing my part. She lit up a candle, had a little Mets shrine Beautiful. in the corner, which I absolutely love to see. There was just a bunch of people tweeting us, you know, all different kind of things. AJ Roof. Rufrano, he banged a gong, it seemed like, in his office. That was very cool. That guy's from Atlanta. He's been DMing us. He, he needs stickers. Yeah, he wants no, to put them do, up all over Atlanta. Stickers, I know. Right? We, we got to get new stickers. We don't have that many left. I, I'm out. I'm completely out I of have stickers. Like, I have like 12 left. Okay. I, gave, I gave one to a fan today. I missed your name, but you're the one who told Mark a couple weeks ago <laughs> that you like me more than him, which was love, great. Love bringing that I up. I was huh? sprinting because, of course, like every single time I come on Sundays to the game, I underestimate how awful the traffic is coming from Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn's so, like, hellish to get I here. Had to, I just dipped out of the car like basically still on like the like the highway. So like I just ran, ran through. And I was like, because I had to get to for the football. I wanted to see DeGrom's first pitch. Sprinting, he flagged me down, grabbed me. He was like, yo, I'm your guy. Whatever. I was like, yeah, I got him a sticker. I wanted to make sure we give a shout out to the baseball mystic as well, because this one, wow. this one's something. I didn't even see this one. Burning some cleansing sage, which we can see in the picture next to it, next to my crystal grid mm-hmm. <laughs> to try to conjure up some good fortune for the Mets. And, you know, I've never seen a crystal grid before, but <laughs> oh, buddy. I, I've now seen one. A crystal grid. And my life's been changed. So have, this is the difference between Queens and Brooklyn, everybody. Yeah, crystal grids aren't really uh, existing in Astoria. Ruan the Don said he wore his Mets socks to work. I mean, there was the, the list goes on and on. Like we shout out Nick, Kenny Koopman was Kenny yeah, Koopman no, was a good Koopman, one. Koopman, that's huge. Also, I want to give a shout out to two people who got to us early in the morning too. Mind Ninja and Peter Marvin. Peter Marvin was a guy. Unfortunately, he's a Clemson fan, which uh, we'll work on that. But he was talking about calming him down from the 07 parallel, which mm-hmm. was nice because that's that's what we wanted to do with this episode. We wanted to make sure that people weren't getting crazy. We started to see some crazy stuff out there. Don't like it. Mind Ninja as well. He was saying that he listened to it in the morning. Love the vibes. Let's change the vibes. Do a good deed for someone today. A lot of people yeah. were saying that that was, a, that was something that they were consciously trying to do as well. I'm happy that we happy we changed the tone. Happy you guys all listened. Like really enjoyed that kind of new style of episode. And happy this got the Mets on the right track. Because that game one went on Thursday. was super easy, super chill, and exactly what the doctor ordered. Yep. Which moves us on to game two. Now game two, again, took a lead. Got close, but really, again, just kind of like this entire series, Mets just close it out. They get the win again. Yeah, the tone was set in this game early when Wilder Escobar was on first base with, I don't think, I think there was no one out, maybe one out. I don't remember the outs. That was like a year ago. Yeah, not not, not important. Mitch Keller on the mound. Mitch Keller kind of shut the bets down a little bit last time we faced him last week, but not really with any whiffs, just gets a lot of ground balls. (laughs) He didn't strike anybody out, I don't think, or he struck out like two guys. Last week, it was two strikeouts, two walks. I don't remember what it was on Friday, but he's a guy who I think... Like with more years, will probably become a pretty good pitcher. Yeah, it depends. When he, when he, he hones just, himself in a little bit more, maybe it, the next organization. Yeah, probably because yeah. he, he doesn't really understand where the ball goes when he's throwing it. As, plenty of guys like that. But the, I mean, the entire Pirates team, the Mets got hit by how many pitches a series? I mean, it was oh, like out three of control or four, at least. Some tons of walks too. But uh, while the rest of in first place, Tomas Nido is at the plate. Tomas Nido, in the midst of enjoying his Mets stuff bump, just dominating since he, we dropped the podcast with him last week, hits a bloop single and a hit and run out to right field. As Eduardo Escobar, I don't even think he he looked at Joey Cora for a moment. <laughs> well, because- Joe, Joey Cora was waving him on. He was telling him to go. And then, like, at the absolute latest possible second when Eduardo Escobar was basically almost past him already, he's like, well, maybe stop. And then he was like, ah, nah, just go for it. And, yeah. and, and then he should have been dead to rights. Definitely. If there was any kind of competent throw, he would have been dead to rights. But the ball came way up the line, got behind the catcher. Escobar slid in. With the black jerseys, he came up. He looked up. He kind of like shrugged. Yeah, he was like, oh, "It worked." Yeah, I'm safe. And that was it. Mets one nothing lead. Never looked back. One of the funniest things about that play specifically, though, got to talk about it. Was Key Brian Hayes? Someone Sorry, Key Brian, who has got a lot of promise. He's done a lot of good things already in his young career. But during this play, for some reason, he just seemed completely disengaged. Took off his glove and was just throwing sunflower seeds in his mouth. And our guys went crazy on him, Keith. Ronnie, Howie, you gave him hell. Keith Bryan, uh, son of former major leaguer Charlie Hayes, former Philly and Yankee. Yeah, Keith was not happy. And I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. I understand the optics of what that looks like and how that's a bad look and being upset about it. But in all honesty, 
I don't think it made any impact on that play whatsoever. Of course it didn't, but it's like it's the idea that you're a baseball player. There's a def- opponent. You're a base, and you're not ready with your glove on. Like imagine, imagine if Eduardo <laughs> Escobar slams on the brakes yeah. middle of the middle of the baseline. He falls down. Definitely. And like the pitcher backing up home plate has a play on him at third base, and. Brian Hayes is spitting a sunflower seed forward. Yeah, I mean, if the queen had ball, she'd be king. Like, it's, 100%, it's, yeah, yeah. it's one of those things, I mean, you know? Like, we'll know. <laughs> I mean, really, at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't think it should have been that big of a deal. I think it's more of a funny meme. I can't believe you say something about the queen. Oh, yeah. It's insensitivity. Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry oh, about you that. Sorry. You sorry, 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 England. Sorry, Darren. <laughs> we know Darren's out there. <laughs> that was crazy. But, yeah, it was a weird, weird play by Key Brian, and it was very customary for our you know, our, our constituency to take offense to it. Not take offense, but just be like, what are you doing, man? What, I mean, uh, there were a lot of moments this series where like this young Pirates team didn't seem the most no, involved seemed engaged. very disinterested. Um, a little slow. Yeah, little, just not, not super sharp. Yeah, not, is, not sharp. Nice team, but um, a bunch of drunken sailors out there is one way that I think you could describe it. You have been waiting to say it. that. For like defense like they were on a boat in the sun all day. A little too much rum. There he is. <laughs> oh, that was quick. Bada bing. All right, wait, let me ask you this one question, and this will be the last we talk about sunflower seeds. What's your favorite sunflower seed fa- flavor? I mean, it kind of depends, like, what my sunflower seed, like, how long am I expecting to spit? Because if I, if I need to do, like, an all-day spit, yeah, you, you got to do plain or low sodium. Of course, 100%. 100%. I would never even think about doing low sodium. That's crazy, but original, I'll give you that. But if you're, if you're like, downing a bag, like, when I was in college and I used to do, like, long studying sessions or, like, really long writing sessions. There's nothing, like, week, chewing on seeds. I would just crush sunflower seeds. It was a little bit on your I will say that. I would bring a mug with me. Yeah. I, did, I did it a few times in the library because that'd be a little crazy. My big thing was, like, go to an empty classroom. Shout out, uh, I, I forgot the name of the hall in Ohio State. You Wherever love, English, you English love building not was. knowing the names of people you're going to No, this wasn't out. a building. This was the person. It's a building. <laughs> okay, okay. The English building. I forgot what it was called, but always always empty rooms. I would literally bring in a big mug, and I would just spit a whole bag of sunflower seeds. So I did like a study session. You say it's animal, but like also, you're keeping it clean. In public, though, spitting something, spitting anything in public <laughs> is animal. Yeah, I mean, like, well, <laughs> people like do dip and stuff. That's like way worse. That's or, <laughs> yeah, that's animal. Or... I think the real animal move when you're eating sunflower seeds is just eating the entire seed as well, just that chewing up the entire thing, which is that. crazy. No, people oh, do that. People I, definitely do that. Shout out to my one of my best friends, Brad Norris. Brad Norris no, yeah. eats a lot of a lot of shells. Yeah, be. Bad for your like intestinal lining Cer- and stuff certainly. like that. Certainly, bad can't for your be, stomach. It can't be good. It simply can't be good. So wait, what's the flavor though that you would choose if you just? I, well, let's not say it's an all it, day. It's, it's probably ranch. Ranch, okay, I John. Like the ranch ones. I'm ranch or barbecue. I got too. a fun one for you guys. I got a fun one for you guys. Oh, you can do Old Bay? No. Oh, no. Okay, Old Bay, <laughs> stop. Like, there, there's some fun flavors out there. Dill pickle is awful. Anyone that likes a dill pickle <laughs> sunflower uh, I've seeds. I've never even seen that. You're a fool. You're just lying to me. I yourself. would try if I had someone to share it with. I've tried them. They're not. They're nothing special. But there's there's a flavor out there, Buffalo Style Ranch. I've had that too. Which is good. It's just it's a good one. phenomenal. You get a little bit of kick. Get a little bit of ranch flavor in there as well. Those are my fa- favorites if I'm just eating a little bit. Like you said, if it's an all-day thing, though, or even trying to put down a bag, got to keep it plain with when the When you're eating them, are you packing the lip in? Are yeah. you doing one by no, one? No, no, no. One. How much time do you have? What do you mean? I'm, I'm, if it's an all-day thing, it's an all-day thing. Then not have that much time. You're of, focusing on it. Though. A lot of high school baseball was played around here, you know. Who, Got to make sure you keep it that in there. You can't be throwing one seed at a time. And I think that's what maybe the mistake Key Brian Hayes made was. Spitting sunflower seeds was the, the the best thing I ever did in a baseball field. It's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That was thought, unbelievable. Spitting sunflower seeds, making fancy baseball trades. Yeah, you were big. You were active on the, on the oh, trade wire. I was a mover. mover For sure. A shaker. Not on the field. A pitch runner a little bit too, but yeah. Key Brian Hayes was definitely an original though. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm sure, right? It's in a major league baseball, baseball game, player. I can't imagine you're eating barbecue. Tweet us, tweet us your favorite sunflower seed flavor. Maybe if you guys are still sunflower sunflower seed spitters, send us a picture of your bag. Because, I mean, again, when I was younger, I did it all the time. Even until, like, literally, I was, like, 23 years old. And if you're a sunflower seed company, send us some. We'll take yeah, please. I'll just we'll eat them. We'll spit on, spit on set. But <laughs> big part of this game, after the Escobar run, Daniel Vogelback hit his first home run in about a month. Which was nice. Yes, it was the beginning of a very big series for him where it looked like he finally had his legs back under him. Finally started showing some power. John, I know you have some stats for Vogelback this series. Yeah, massive series. And against his former team, made the Pirates walk the plank, if you would, for oh, training him. Oh, come on. Someone's got to stop Cut this guy. his mic. Cut his mic. Stop him. Uh, Vogelback reached in 10 of his 13 plate appearances in this series, drove in six, a homer, a double. And against the Pirates, dating back to last week, seven RBI. And I mentioned this to you guys, and we'll, we'll, get, uh, we'll get to this a little bit later in the episode. But he's now tied for the most RBI mm. against the team that a player previously played for this season. So a nice little stat there that he really had a little extra motivation, it seemed like, against the Pirates. A good time for Vogelback to break out. And boy, did the, Met, the Mets need it, that production from the DH spot. Normally, you think of a guy getting traded to a new team, 
and it's like a good team to a bad one. They're like, I really want to show them what they're missing out on. Yeah. Dan Vogelback's like, thank you so much. I yeah, want to show you guys. how good I am now that I'm thriving <laughs> on a team that's actually playing good baseball. And he wasn't bad with them either. It was just like, yep, I just am happy to be in a pennant race. He let off for that team, which is so funny to think about. <laughs> guy gets on base. The guy does get on that base. Was a, I was running that meme for the first like three weeks. We got him. I got tons of engagement. Daniel Vogelback does get on base. And let's talk about Taiwan too, because Taiwan, another solid start in the books for us. Yeah, very solid start. Pitched into the eighth inning, which I mean, questionable how it ended up going, but seven to third, five hits, no walks, five strikeouts, two earned runs came on O'Neill Cruz home run right before he left the game. Yep. First time that Taiwan Walker has gotten seven innings and no walks in consecutive starts his entire career. When you said no walks, it's just it's so nice, especially for a guy like Taiwan, who at times can like nibble a little bit. So the no walks there is fantastic. Yeah, and O'Neill Cruz did hit that shot off him before he got yanked. Before time around the order, it's very hard to get that out anyway. And there wasn't really like an obvious bullpen option that you were like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get O'Neill Cruz out here. Yeah. I was kind of when it happened, I was like, I was totally fine with it. It was just like he couldn't, it couldn't kill you. Like you're still winning after the at bat. So it wasn't was like upset. But yeah, fourth, was, fourth time around the order was weird. It was more like, ugh, it was more like a no, like three. You know, the lead that we had felt a lot better than when yeah. <laughs> after the home run. Happened. It was again, I've said this before. It's that video game meme where you're sitting back in the chair. Yep, and it hits the home run. You got to lock back in. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and then. We had the five, the five out save from Diaz. You did. Wait, I want to talk about Taiwan Walker's oh, curveball. Well, oh, give me yeah. forty-five seconds. No, I, I'll give you a minute. Oh, thank, I'll take that. He's curveball. Taiwan's curveball is becoming a real weapon. This now something he's been working on for the last month. He's making it an increasingly more prevalent part of his repertoire. Fourth start in a row where he increased its usage. It was up to sixteen percent usage on Friday night, most since May eighth, which was one of his first starts of the year. I like how I wrote May eighth in the notes and it went to a fraction immediately. <laughs> you see that? It's kind of oh, funny. Yeah, five eighths. Yeah. It got four whiffs on five swings. It's not like the best pitch ever in terms of movement. It's basically league average in terms of drop, some horizontal break, but not much at all. But it's just very cool that he's showing a wrinkle as the season moves on. Show hitters a little something different that they probably haven't seen as much on video, and it's been effective. Definitely. Now, now I can talk about Diaz five outs away, right? He's so good. He's awesome. so good, Edwin Diaz. Awesome. I mean, he's he scares a little bit, you know, in the ninth inning when that ball was hit by Cal Mitchell. That uh, you know what? This is called growth, though, because Edwin Diaz in the past has has pointed to the sky, <laughs> and we know whenever he points to the sky and a ball in the air, it never ends well. Edwin. I mean, it depends on the baseball. Those are different baseballs. That is true. That is true. I mean, a little PTSD there. But Edwin, he he kept himself down. But I I thought I think he thought that ball was gone. Like based on his reaction, I think he was like, oh no, like I just. Have. And I mean, Jeff McNeil. Yeah, Jeff McNeil. I mean, also that was. Did you think? Here's this funny. Do you, you think Jeff McNeil had to jump to catch that ball? Yeah. It looked like there was like a foot between him and the wall, and then he just kind of like, oh, oh, bang. I mean, it's kind of like an awkward, especially like in that right, in right field at City Field. Yeah, because with the lip. Yeah, the thing. The, the way that the, the fence, I think it's called cyclone fencing or whatever, it's not as far out as when you have the padding. So even if you go to put your hand back, there's like just a little bit more room. And as well as like it's it's the cyclone fencing, so you can actually put your fingers like through it, you which mean, like is chain link fencing. Yeah, but I think yeah. it's called cyclone fencing also as well. Oh, that's true. No, I'm, I'm, I've had this conversation with my dad. He, oh, okay. he, he let me know because I, <laughs> I think Keith said it, and I was like, what the heck? what is cyclone fencing? It's just called chain link, but it makes it a little bit more tough. So I could see, and I think that was also McNeil doesn't play a lot of right field either. So yeah. one of the few times, if maybe not even the first that he'd been in right field in City Field. Check that real quick. I don't I don't remember if he's played right field at all at City Field. Maybe for other games because I think he. Did he make that catch in Detroit? Was that Chicago, in right field? Chicago, Chicago, Chicago right field. That was, like, that was like one of the first weeks of the full, like the Nets. Yes. That was that was a really cool yeah, catch. No, that was a sick catch. But I'm not sure if he's played any right field and same field. Regardless, still a really good catch. He still definitely isn't as used to it as the other spots in this field. But just goes to show you again how valuable of a player Jeff McNeil is. He's so good. He's 48 innings in right field this year. Okay. And we don't know how many at City. No. I'll just check that right for you guys. Yeah, John's yeah, got John, it. Johnny Stats over there. He always there. gets a smattering of... Uh, spots in right field but never you know never that much keep that utility gold glove wide open for jeff mcneil i don't Is that know something's happening this year yes it's oh, happening really? this year uh, he has to win that. i don't know what the exact your, requirements man. are but yeah i mean Mets have two of the favorites i would assume i'm not to watch it it's hard you don't really know other teams utility players either no it's very like, you fair. know and love your own utility players and it's very hard to keep track of other teams utility guys i couldn't even name you i mean why take Marwin Gonzalez, but he's not going to be. In no, he's not going to win it. it. Um, is DJ LeMayu because he'll play third and first? I guess technically play multiple positions not that well. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I guess. Let me ask you guys this question: the term utility player. Yeah. If you refer to a player like that, is it an insult or is it almost a compliment? Given you're, you're saying that you could do so many things and that that that's value. I've had this conversation with a friend about utility players and how because like that same conversation I just said because like a lot of us when we talk about baseball from the national perspective we either know stars, highlights, or fantasy baseball. Sure. So like seeing guys utility player, but him actually getting renowned for kind of means 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're a, it means you're valuable at both things because you wouldn't be in the lineup as much if your bat was nothing. Right. And you also you, just, you wouldn't be able to force your way onto the field if you weren't like quote-unquote expert in a particular position or if there were clearly guys on your own team better than you at these positions. Like Zobris is a guy... Who made this I was cool about to bring that up by just being like a really good hitter and like good enough at a lot of different positions to play well. Stole it out of my mouth. I was about to say up until probably Ben Zobris, I don't. I think it would have been a little insulting to be called a utility player. It Joe was. McEwing was a utility player. Sure. He yes. was a backup. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I think. I think just the the. I don't know. The concept of like playing time has changed over these last like 15 years since Zobris kind of put his stamp. And, and now, platoons. yeah, teams are just trying to get as good of a lineup as they can every single day, rather than a guy like McEwing who's like on the bench and mixes in. Woodward was like that too. Woodward, yeah. yeah. And Giorme probably does align more closely to that just because sure. his bat is like around league average when he's going well, a little bit above it this year. But McNeil is more of his obris, where it's like you're just more of like a weapon we have. But the the other sure. thing you you can do what we need. The other thing too, though, is McNeil plays great defense, like top defense at second base yeah. and in the outfield too. He's a phenomenal outfielder. I mean, yeah. I, again, I don't know what the exact OAA or it's whatever. Seven on the infield and plus one on the outfield. That's really really good for a guy who yeah. you know is technically a utility. Especially because OAA is also a volume stat. You right. only have outs above average the more outs that you actually complete that are above average, that, cumulative like WAR. That would be an interesting question to ask like a Jeff McNeil or a Luis Guillorme like what do you like more like what what position do you play yeah <laughs> like what position do you play and see, see what they say and it gets interesting for a guy like McNeil when you have an infielder slash outfielder that's the true utility yes, player definitely. a guy that can play all around the infield he's a utility player but like you more could also common. call him an infielder yeah when a guy can do both play the infield and the outfield that's the real valuable utility player. And to me, that's not an insult at all. Should no, not be of course taken not. As no, one. yeah. Also, I think you kind of make that utility player divide when you play different positions that are different. Like when a guy plays like shortstop, third, then second, like those are all different enough, like in terms of what you have to do and like right. how you have to go about your business, like you are me, where I would also call you utility player. But I do agree with you. Once you do infield and outfield, I also can, as long as you're good at them, you could be like some of the first basemen who just go out there and it's Lucas like, Duda. No offense to Lucas Duda. Yeah. Big Lucas Duda guy, not an outfielder. Like uh, who's. Um, the Rays have one, right? Like Lamont Wade. Lamont Wade is an outfielder who can play some first base. I think he's fine at it. I think like, he's is he is he an outfielder that plays first base or is he a first baseman that I believe he was an outfielder originally. Okay. I think so too. When he was Twins, coming up. right before yeah, yeah okay. before okay. Okay. the Giants. Uh, the Rays have I don't one think he plays either of them well. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like that's just the guy like filling a role, like yes. not really a utility player. Like he's not like, excelling in these positions. Like Chris the, Taylor's a utility player. Yeah, and one of the best ones in a long time. He's fantastic at it. Got like, paid also being a utility player. Yes. Yeah, the, the Rays are bringing up um, a Curtis Mead right now. who's a fun prospect. Just I think messed he's up his awesome. shoulder, his elbow, or something. Yeah, he's, the year. he's but a really good ball player. He's going to be one of those utility players who's really just like a really good hitter and just plays different positions, but not none of them well. Like what we have in Jeff McNeil and Luis Guillorme, it's two weapons for our bench. It really allows this roster configuration to handle a vocal back and a rough guys who just like don't have that much defensive versatility or base running ability. You could just hit. And now with the extended rot or expanded roster, Sue, it allows for a guy like Terrence score to come on who yeah. we saw make an impact in this series as well. Yeah. Tons of different games. But again, just to wrap up this game, move on to Saturday. Diaz got his 30th save fourth career 30th save season, second most in major league baseball since 2017. An interesting caveat top of this pirates order was doing a lot of damage. Like, they are good hitters. O'Neill Cruz, Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds is definitely really Rodolfo good. Castro. Reynolds is a very good ball player. Rodolfo Castro has potential. O'Neill yeah. Cruz has crazy high-end production. Yeah, I spoke to you about Rodolfo during today's game on Sunday. I was like, watching more and more of Rodolfo. I'm like, this, this dude's a ball player. Like, I don't, I don't know what his ceiling is necessarily, but he's a major leaguer that's going to stick around for a while. Yeah, he's a, he's a ceiling of a guy who could just be a ball player. But those three guys on Friday night had eight hard-hit balls. The next six hitters in the Pirates... Or there had three combined the entire game. Damn. You just get through them, keep moving on. Yep, keep moving on. And the Mets win that one. Game three. Well, game three, we, we were talking <laughs> about this before. With everything that's gone on and how these games have, like, low-key just been so straightforward. Like it's a weekend. It's been a weekend. There's been a lot. We're like, oh, yeah, we have, to, we have to remember about game three a little bit. And Eduardo Escobar, That's I mean, that's really what it was, was Eduardo Escobar hit the early home run, Bassett was good, yeah. and the Mets win. Like Escobar's home run, the second inning, traveled 426 feet. Smoked it. Complete nuke. He just continues to swing the bat well. So amazing that 
he could just have this nice bump at the end of the year, get his like career stats, like his season stats that basically look like most other years of his career in <laughs> yep. terms of like not like the full cumulative stats, but like the rate stats. So that's great. John, I believe you have stats on Eduardo versus the Pirates as well, right? Yeah, Eduardo versus the Pirates has pretty much been Babe Ruth. I think Babe Ruth's <laughs> career OPS is like 1164. Eduardo's career OPS against the Pirates, 1222. That's pretty good. Wait, I have a fun question. Yeah. Who do you guys think was a better baseball player? Oh, boy. Eduardo Escobar. Eduardo Escobar or Babe Ruth? Eduardo Escobar. Eduardo Escobar. <laughs> yeah. I also don't think Love Babe that. Ruth would appreciate a good Fogo to Chow Meal. No way. No way Eduardo Escobar. Uh, you know. I don't know. Babe, Babe Ruth. Ruth was a man of culture. Yeah. He, he, Hot dog's he, not culture. No, Babe Ruth, actually, this is funny about Babe Ruth. That Babe Ruth eat. was a major, like, one of the first worldwide athletic superstars because of how popular baseball and the Yankees had become through the 20s and 30s. And this is when we were trying to spread the game specifically to Japan. Okay. And every single offseason for like six or seven years in the middle of Babe Ruth's career as prime, he would board the steamship and head to Japan for like a month tour. Yeah. Go play around the country, hit around the country, face their pitchers, like talk to people. He ushered in. He's still a legend there. He ushered in an entire generation of Japanese baseball that wound up becoming a cultural phenomenon. So, oh, yeah. so you're telling me he did a lot of omakase sushi sure. while he was over there. But sure. it probably helped popularize in this country. I guess so. Um, but anyway, Eduardo Escobar has been like Babe Ruth against the Pirates. And I looked because I was curious. Obviously, the numbers are staggering. So I took a look this morning to see where his OPS ranked amongst players against one particular team in MLB history. Uh-huh. And his OPS out of like over 2,000 players with at least 75 plate appearances against one team was 19th best all time. And that put him with names like Bonds, McGuire, <laughs> Angel, crazy. Ruth. It's insane what this guy does when the Pittsburgh Pirates are on the other side. It's a shame. Obviously, no more Pirates. Yeah. He could have had another home run last night, by the way. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that he had one smoked. die right by the wall. Yeah. And another thing about Escobar that people are not talking about enough, 18 home runs, nine of them have either tied the game or given the Mets the lead. Wow. Okay. And I'm not necessarily sure that clutch is a thing. That's, a, that's a, another topic yeah. for another day. But it seems like this guy has the pension for the big home run. Come October, you heard it here first. Oh. Eduardo Escobar is going to be hitting... Big home runs for this Mets team. And all the Mets fans out there that had boo to say about him from April to, let's say, end of July will be eating those words. Oh, 100%. Eating some crow. I don't know what was crazier. Those numbers or the fact that James tied his shoe. While sitting sneaky, at the table. Sneaky shoe tie. I just Sneak. noticed it was untied. I can't, I can't focus when that's, I know my shoe's untied. How do you even know your shoe's untied? I, just, I felt the lace underneath my shoe when that's I was like moving crazy. my foot around. It was, hey, you, sometimes you, know, you really got to be active and be aware of things going on here. But Wilder <laughs> Escobar, all those game tire and go-ahead home runs. It's like the anti-judge. He <laughs> 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 had to take one. We had, had to get one. We had to take one. Home run today. I got to take a shot. Eduardo Escobar also through this hot stretch has got his season long OPS plus to 105, which is where he 5% lives. Five percent better than league average. It's literally where Eduardo Escobar has lived his entire career. I told you guys in the offseason. I told you guys in <laughs> April and May. It's not going to be pretty, but Eduardo Escobar is going to be <laughs> between five percent worse and five percent better than league average when the season's over. It's exactly what he's going to do. Yeah, he's he's definitely been hot. The exactly dude has been swinging a good bat, and hey. Also helped, too, that Chris Bassett was on the mound doing his thing yet again. Awesome. Chris Bassett's been so good. So Six good. innings, three hits, two walks, eight strikeouts. Sinker totally led the way. Cutter and curveball right behind that with, fives with five whiffs each. Especially nasty curveball, I think, tonight. Mm-hmm. Or last Saturday night. I can't believe I said tonight. That no, his curveball was nasty. wasn't even close to being tonight. But it's just it's very good. And also, the Pirates completely stacked his lineup with lefties. And he just used that cutter and curveball nonstop on them. He was throwing that cutter up and into the lefties all day. And they couldn't do anything with it. And no. it got five whiffs. It was... It was really, really good. He also got to 163 strikeouts on the season, set a new career high. Ooh. Just oh, freaking awesome. There was also, watching this game on TV, uh, there was nine walks. The Mets walked nine times in this game. Got hit by, what, three or four pitches as well? Four. Four pitches. Uh, the the broadcast was moaning and groaning a lot. A lot of, jeez. Oh, yeah. God, man. Like, like Keith grown well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Keith, Keith's grown is it's uh, iconic. Yeah. It's... Uh, <laughs> you know, we've heard it so many times as Mets fans listening to him to doing the game. But, yeah, this Pirates team doesn't throw a lot of strikes. We're hitting a lot of Mets batters. Buck was getting ornery. And I feel like this all kind of built in to game four yeah. where we saw the hit-by-pitch finally come come to fruition here where Pete Alonso gets hit by a pitch in the first inning. And we got a bench is clearing. Yeah. We got some benches clearing, cleared. which was nothing happened. No, I mean, nothing not. happened just besides some shouting and, hey, 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 yeah. hold me back, hold me back. McNeil, McNeil did a good holdback of Alonzo. Did a great job. And he also, I don't know if you saw this, after the inning when Pete came around, he didn't score, but he was like coming around third base. McNeil made sure he watched him 
because him and Oviedo <laughs> crossed paths. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, hey, don't you do anything funny now. Oviedo also gave such a genuine, like, I didn't throw at you. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it, I just, was, it was pretty funny. I just don't know. Where, I don't know where it's going. <laughs> like, I'm trying. I don't know what to do. Pete's been, uh, Pete's been a little feisty lately. I, I like the feisty Pete. I feel like... <laughs> it's almost like an overcompensation for the lack of power. I've been so... Uh, desperate for the like for Buck to get ejected from a game. I don't think or, he has. There you know, Buck? No, he hasn't gotten ejected yet. I really Buck did to, not want Pete to get ejected in the first. No, no, no. I, I was really concerned when that was going to happen no, at first. I, was I like, don't want Pete to get ejected. Yeah, that but I like, can't happen. I like them showing some a little bit of spark, a little bit of fire. Not that they needed it because they were taking these you know games pretty easily. But I like to see that like enough's enough. You've hit us how many times? I think it also is complete and utter BS that when the Mets get hit like eight times in a series and didn't hit any Pirates batters or maybe one up until this point, that they get warned as well. From the, from the umpires. I think that's absolute nonsense. Yeah, we were also dealing with, we didn't even mention it on the last episode because so many other things were happening. A David Ross, like actual and definitely intentional hit by pitch. For sure. In the ninth inning of the game on Wednesday night, which was a little bit like weird to like see and be a part of those. Nobody said anything. It no, was including us. We didn't say anything either. We said it in the moment. We yeah, like yeah. In our text, we were like, that was on purpose. But like, the Mets get hit by so many pitches. How many are they're like what two or three back from the major league record in a season? I think, I think it's 105 by the Reds like last year. Also got hit by two or three pitches alone this series. Yeah, like a lot of hit by pitches. The Pirates pitchers don't really know where the ball is going. Don't forget Marte and Mar. Yeah, well yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's the other thing too. I was like, I know it's not intentional, but at injury. some point, like you, I mean, these balls can hurt guys, and that's took what you know took Marte out of the lineup for this team. I think Pete. Pete said like whatever two or you did the Something I don't know like he was that. pointing he was he was I mean gesturing. I think he meant like multiple times so like you keep hitting us yeah like exactly that. and you know so honestly good that he made a stink but like he don't fly too close to the sun of course not of course not Pete for as many at bats as he can possible without a doubt and if, especially because I don't I don't think we have this available but SNY flashed the stats oh yeah Pete's, this is unbelievable Pete's statistics in wins and Pete's statistics in losses I John I don't know how quickly either of you guys can get I this I get that right now I'm gonna beat John to it but oh, come on not I'm gonna beat John I'm gonna beat John we got we got. Where is it? Um, I got it right here. No! Wins. He beat 320 me. average, 398 OBP, 613 slug, 28 home runs. In losses, 168 average, 244 on base percentage, 298 slug, only seven home runs. The, there the, you go. The thing that really was stark, I believe, was the amount of RBIs. Driven in 100 runs and wins. Only 14. 14 in losses. 14 in 54 games. That's crazy. This also comes to the discussion we've had time and time again this entire season about the roster and lineup construction of this team. He's really the only clear and defined and obvious consistent power hitter this Mets team has in the lineup on a day-in, day-out basis. And I made that literally because he's been in the lineup every single game this Pretty year. Pretty much, yeah. Pilonzo, Francisco, Lindor, so shout-out to those guys for the grind. But when he's the only guy who like is really going to... like. And use a football term like pop the pop the top off a of defense. Yeah, like you're going to win more frequently when he's getting those big bulk plays and driving in the runs. So it may it it's crazy to see in front of you and see how stark it actually is, but it does make sense when you think about it. Yeah, well he's 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 a big piece of this team. He is the, the middle of this order. He is the cleanup bat now. He hit third. He's hit fourth. He's hit second. He does whatever. Him and Francisco Lindor, I think, really more so, you know, together. I don't know what Lindor's wins and loss numbers look like, but it really was so crazy to see that, like, in losses. He's just, like, it, it makes sense, but it's just so, it's so weird. It's like for a guy who's driven in 114 RBIs on the season, only 14 in losses in 54 games. Also, there's not that many losses on the season. That's, that's, well, that's the other yeah, thing, yeah. too. I mean, I know some people, you know. We lost that, 55 games, yeah, so. <laughs> this team's good. This team is a really good baseball team. I don't know how many times we have to say it. I mean. Oh, wow. all right. DeGrom, though. DeGrom. DeGrom. DeGrom on the mound. DeGrom. Weirdly enough, this was the second start against DeGrom in which the first inning was a little bit tough against the Pirates of I all mean, teams. A, a little bit tough doesn't really describe it because O'Neill Cruz roped a double and then he struck out the next three batters. Yeah, well, he, I think <laughs> he got to 25. Uh, there's a person on second base. Yeah, this, well, tough this is, I think this is the exact same thing that we said, too, in the last episode. The last one we was last it. Wednesday. It was just like two bloops. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. you know. Relatively tough. A few more pitches than we're normally seeing. We saw like 25 pitches in the first, which that's usually like three yeah. for DeGrom. After that double, leadoff double by O'Neill Cruz, Jacob DeGrom retired the next 15 Pirates he faced. Yeah, shout John, out you to have John. Shout you out to John for throwing that one on the board, not jinxing anything. Yeah, you have something to say about that, John? Yeah, it was a good stat at the time. <laughs> and um, I think that what I put on the board had no bearing on the, uh, the sixth <laughs> inning whatsoever. Every, um, that's every, what I think. It's funny because <laughs> every out Jacob DeGrom got in this game was consecutively. Yes. And that's true. Yeah, it's that's funny, true. It's funny to hear you think that, you know, there is no superstition or anything because uh, I, I don't know if the people at home who are watching have noticed you're wearing the same clothes as the last episode. That's right. I mean, I promised, I promised in the last episode if the Mets win or if there are wins in this shirt, this shirt, I will be back on the next episode in this shirt. And uh, I also have... What is pretty much the hot dog bun, except this yeah. is a veggie burger. 
Ooh. Well, the same kind of bread. Veggie burger. Veggie, veggie burger. Shout Ooh. out Mendez for uh, hooking up the veggie burger. Okay. But yeah, I mean, there's wins. I also haven't shaved, which I wanted to do, and then... I mean, I'll never, I'll never have a beard quite as nice as James. Is that you use oil in that thing? No, no oil. Come on, yeah, beard oil. That's all a natural. Thing. Yeah, no. That, if someone uses that, they shouldn't be growing a beard. Uh, why? Isn't that like? Uh, no, no. Sure, I'm sure people nice do use beard, it. It, helps, use it, helps, it? it makes it feel straight. But like, this is all the natural oils here. You Let know? me ask you this: to straighten what, it, what the beard got? What to straighten it? Because you have a nice. I mean, it's it's yeah. well trimmed. Do you comb? Do you no. com- or do you use a comb? I saw a TikTok where like you, you put a comb. Giant TikToks. And then you. you, you do the, the shaving underneath it. And that's oh, how you get the perfect line. No, I actually don't. I literally just like put my neck up in the mirror and just go straight down. And that's right, it. Right. Yeah. When is the last time you were clean shaven? Oh, I was a freshman in college. I was 18 years old. What year? This is like 2015? Like It was 2014. It was October 2014. When was the last time you were clean shaven? Because you what, haven't seen your chin in No. What happened was years? my dorm had the No Shave November contest, and I was like, I'm going to crush this. And I won it running away as an 18-year-old. Sure. to actually grow a full beard. So, but the day before that, I went clean shaven. I used to like keep it... Like kind of in between, just like shave it once a week. But I used to never like shaving it clean because I just I have sensitive skin. I always got the razor bumps, and I also, as like a very hairy person, you guys have seen. Shout out the one dude who called me the Wolfman like a month ago. Yeah, I never knew what to do with sideburns. Like it was always uh, yeah. like too thick, too far down, too high up, and I was like, "There's no reason this to happen." I just realized after that, like the natural state of my face is supposed to have this beard on it, so I just stopped shaving it. I know it would be cool. Shave what would it? be cool? John, I've been oh. asking to shave this for the whole time of the podcast. Well, yeah, I mean, eventually, like, <laughs> if it's estimate next year or something else that we do fun, your punishment is going to be to shave. But what oh, would be 100%. cool I don't know. is, hear me out, James goes with a playoff goatee. Oh, <laughs> do that. Yeah. that would be, give him the Piazza goatee. I have a life to live outside oh this podcast gosh. as well. Give him Dude, the Piazza goatee. Oh, would man. You do it for a Mets World Series, though, right? You'd walk around you would. Oh, with a goatee. If that's World Series, I would do anything. <laughs> I mean, you heard it. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> it's on the record. Let the record state <laughs> or show that James says he'll do anything for a World Series. Would you guys not do anything for mess with a World Series? I, there, I have uh, my limits. Well, yeah, in, within reason. <laughs> when, like, I mean, I, I was gonna say something that actually I might take it back. I was gonna say wouldn't chop off a limb, but it kind of does depend on the limb. Like a pinky finger. Is, yeah, pinky finger. I would kill a pinky or finger. Or pinky toe really is. Probably pinky toe the, is pinky toe is very valuable for balance. Is it? Apparently, allegedly. Oh yeah, you can't walk without a pinky toe. No yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, it's very valuable for yeah, balance. You can't walk without it. You would, up your whole equilibrium. You, you would have fooled me. <laughs> We're gonna take a Mark's pinky oh, toe. We're in that like sixth grade science class. Yeah, that's, yeah. But that's yeah. unbelievable. There could be maybe something in the future, but I just don't think I would ever do it clean. Like maybe I would do like a razor to a one, like an electric. You could do something fun though, is what I'm getting at. If I you, ever did James shave it, get... I would do a lot of fun stuff. Like the first thing I would do, I would just I would shave straight down here and just do like wait. No, the I, chops. I have a better idea. Chops would be good. Yeah. <laughs> be good if, the, if, <laughs> if the Mets win a World Series, you have to get like Mets like. Shaved the, into the yeah the Smets for the script for hair for the parade. Yeah. Okay, you know what? If whoever 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 cuts the hair of the guys in the team, whoever lines them up, yeah, Mets do win the World Series, and when there's a parade, I will get the Mets script in my beard. Yeah, it's right up here, right up the right side of my face. That's a good one. I like that. Hundred percent. I think that's a that's a fun way because yeah. it'll grow back. It'll grow back. Oh, that'd be that'd be through two days. Yeah, what you, know this? you're like Louis Guillorme. Yeah, yeah, I just wouldn't leave oh my, my house God, the day after. Crazy, I wouldn't leave my house yeah. anyway the day after, so it's okay. <laughs> It'd be a lot of sleep. Yeah, people forget Guillorme shaved his beard. It was back in like 48 hours, full force. Impressive. Again, that's how it was like for me too. So I'd be like, I hate clean shaving it because then I got to do this. I got to deal with all this. It's too much to maintain. Now I can just like let it ride. I trim it once a week and we're cool. You trim it. I was going to say, does it get a lot longer? Like if you let it go, no, it where just, would we it be? just becomes like a bubble. Like a, a bubble. Thick, a thick mm. ball of hair. That's how the hair It doesn't really works. ever lengthen. I guess if it did, if I would just like would shave these and keep this, it'd be the Keiko eventually, which no one wants to be like no, Dallas no, Keiko. No. Well, what? I mean, Dallas Keiko's got it. He's got a pretty good, sweet deal. Yeah, Alleged, Dallas Keiko just recently married Kelly Nash. Very won a, nice girl. Just won a, won a lot of or made a lot of money as well. He has uh, made a lot true. of money. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Nasty just, people don't people don't like speak kindly of him though. No, definitely not. That's what kind of what I was going at with that. But let's talk about baseball a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Game Four? Where yeah. it's today. The Grom struck out thirteen Pirates. He didn't walk any. He got three three run runs allowed, but just on that one O'Neill Cruz swing. There was something that did happen in this game. So if some Mets fans noticed, it might have been cause for concern. We don't really know, but it was DeGrom did have a stretch in this game where the velocity lulled. Yeah. He threw nine fastballs less than 96 miles an hour between the third and fifth inning, which is hilarious. That, like, 96 is the line we're using because that's still an above-average velocity fastball. That was, like, where he topped out when he first came up. And it's literally that is where you're at when you're above above league-average velocity, sitting above 95 and a half. That's all for all pitchers. So, star, there's probably even a tick lower than that. But he threw his last eight fastballs, 97.4 miles an hour or faster. So I'm thinking there is a chance that maybe this was conscious. That maybe Jacob oh, DeGrom knew how little effort he had to expend to still have a fastball that would have better than league average specs, basically. Kind of knew exactly where to sit. 
and then go back to it. Because we've seen Max Scherzer do this really effectively his entire career. John yep. blowing his nose on Mike, but <laughs> try to ignore that one. Got, got a pretty bad cold going on right now. <laughs> Fighting through some things. Yeah. So this is something to think, keep an eye on because we'll we'll see this next few starts, maybe before the playoffs, just for him to give him like a two-inning break on that arm because no velocity is more... Yeah. It gives more stress than anything. Break, any breaking balls. Also, changeups good in this game. Didn't throw as much as recently, but it was good. Not as that many curveballs. But that was the one thing to keep an eye on for DeGrom. Definitely. DeGrom, still absolutely money. John just deleted the stat I was about to read. I don't know where it there went. There it is. There it is. Uh, he put it back up there. All right. DeGrom, 40 straight starts with three earned run allowed or less. Longest such streak all time. Major League Baseball history. Jacob also, DeGrom. Should shout out that uh, Framber today, I think, tied DeGrom's quality, quality start starts. Yeah. Okay, I love Framber. Framber's, a good, too, Framber's awesome. a good pitcher. He's very, very good. The buddy works for the Astros, too. He said Framber is a riot. Yeah, of really? course. He said he's I like, he said he's like, he's like, bat, he's like, has gusto. He's flamboyant. He wears crazy cool ass clothes. He I loves to it. dance and sing. I believe it. He said he's like a big locker room presence. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And, uh, Oh, man, it was just, it was nice. It was nice that Jacob deGrom continues to keep pitching so well for us. You know, yeah. the runs, it happens. So it was tied. It was, this was like a completely lopsided game. For we had, sure. We had 12 hits and six walks. The Pirates had like four. <laughs> well, as I, I was saying to you, everybody that I was seeing, I was like, this was the most dominantly stressful game I could remember ever. It was just one of those games you're like, if the Mets find a way to lose this game, it's going to ruin the entire vibe of the series. They were the, I think they were the biggest money line favorites in any game this yeah. year, minus 450. Can we stop at that? I, enough yeah. enough of giving them. It's starts as and I so, eat a and, and, and Scherzer. Yeah, I yeah. like I when I see minus four fifty, it makes me nervous. Oh, horrified! But like, yeah, there's uh, some books I know didn't even list it. Oh, oh my god, there it is, <gasps> the bat! Oh my god, oh it's my god, flying really from close the camera. The bats! Oh, oh, the bats fly! I'm not, ha- I'm not happy about this. At this all. Is, oh my god, this is intense. Oh, someone keep an eye on the bat. Keep an eye oh on the bat. Oh my god, Mendez, that's on. We're that trusting you, Mendez. Really close. The bat so cam. The bat got <laughs> yeah, so close. Cam on the bat. We got to put a GoPro on it. Tag it. Yeah, tag it. Put a GoPro on. It. That's our friend. Oh. We got uh, a name. Maybe your friend. He right, could be our friend. Yeah, he could be our friend. This has to be John's friend. We'll, John, we're way better making friends than John. If yeah. You guys couldn't tell that. We'll take. We'll take requests or. Request comments on Twitter for what we should name the bat because yeah. I think the bats. Absolutely, yeah. Brett, anyone, anyone Brett, tweeted us bat names. Brett Brett oh, oh, John! John <laughs> is the pun man. One of, one of Brett Bay's best friends, Gary Wilson. Big day. Statement game. Two touchdowns. Youngest player ever to get 15 targets in an NFL game. Beast. That was the funny thing about today because when the Pirates tied the game, yeah, that's when the, the Jet comeback started. <laughs> yeah, and it felt like there were definitely a lot of Jets fans in the crowd, and there might have been a lot of Jets fans working the game. I don't know, a couple, <laughs> and um, it just. The attention for what felt like two, three innings, and it was just strikeout, strikeout, yeah, strikeout, yeah, yeah. was all in the Jet game. 100%. Jets end, and then the Terrence score stolen base happens, and yes. we're back to Mets baseball. Well, you know what happened, too, was during that time, I went from hanging out in the away, the visiting Spanish radio booth, which we've now made our home, and I went to go hang out with some friends in center field. And as soon as like as soon as I left, O'Neill Cruz hit the home run. Yeah, like and less than ten minutes after, then the moment Mark came back, Terrence Gore scored. Terrence Gore scored. So all was right when we we're hanging out in the Spanish radio booth. No, that just that just touched on that. That was like there was euphoria in the control room. People were really going crazy. I ran in there, like smacked John around a little bit. That was awesome. That it was, was the best wild. Jets moment in years. There's also I saw since the Henry Ruggs catch. My my, oh, <laughs> my I'm not kidding either. No, you're serious. <laughs> my commanders did not do so well. We got smacked by the Lions, but the hey, over hit. The that over did nice. the over did hit, which I was I was quite pleased about. This was the first time since September 27, 2009, that the Mets, Yankees, Jets, and Giants all won the same. Wow, match. That's okay, awesome. that's and good this stat. is the first day since October 18, 2015, that the Mets and Jets won the same day. That's <laughs> on that day. You want ready for this one? I am. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw touchdowns to Brandon Marshall and Eric Deck. Wow. While Noah Syndergaard beat the Cubs in game two of the NLCS. Hold on. The Jets beat the Texans that day, right? I don't know. Not in the tweet. And the Rangers <laughs> lost the Devils in overtime. Yeah, of day. course. Wow. There it is. John, John is Mystic just John. shockingly good at knowing every date in Johnny every the Greek. sports history. Talk about Terrence Gore real quick for a little bit because Terrence Gore has a unique role on this team where he just runs. Daniel Vogelback gets on base. Terrence Gore, you're going I in the game. I think in a specific instance, it was Nito. Oh, it was Nito? Oh, okay. Nito. Came in for Nito here. And he's just, he's a menace on the Bates Pass. It's so nice to have a guy who gives us this different kind of look Spark. and vibe for this team. Yeah, and just the fact that he can just get a stolen base and it's the Pirates. We talked about their lack of physical defensive performances. Ball they can't bounces throw out. barely in the center field. He's on third base instantly. Now you have a man third, nobody out, or maybe one out. There's not, one a, there's, out no outs. there's not a lot of hustle from this Pirates team, if I'm going to be honest. No outs. No outs. No outs. Mendez and Johnny, no outs. So, I mean, just it was very cool that he was basically able to, like, kind of steal a game because after that run came in, it seemed like the Pirates got totally deflated. We just totally ate on their very not-so-good bullpen, and then we just 
Cruise to victory. I'm going to give you a tweet from Jacob Resnick. Shout out to Jacob. Good prospect guy. Make sure you guys follow him. Friend of the show. Terrence Gore was in the game for six pitches and has the second highest win probability added, point one six nine among position players. Nice. Game-changing speed. I'm, like, getting, like, baby burps as I was saying that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Take a little, playoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah take a playoff. Yeah, I'm going to let you handle this. Win probability at WPA. Find out in baseball reference. Good stat. Just shows, like, what plays in the actual game. You can find it for a season, for a game. We'll have a list for playoff series as well. It's kind of cool to see which small instances in a baseball game have the highest, like, swings and win probability. And also, win probability. Browns are 99% win probability in that game. I was. Wow. Where do you find it for football? I was thinking, but I don't know where to go for ESPN that. ESPN listed. Do they? They do. They have a little chart that goes on during the game. It's cool because they show like visual with yeah. time. Yeah, oh, so it's like one of these. These Jets fans win a game over here. That's all they can talk about. Dude, the Jets <laughs> haven't won a game in September since 2018. Yeah. I was so excited. And in that fashion, I haven't felt excitement for the Jets in a very long time. Like I literally, because I wanted to be near a Jets fan so bad. The second touchdown happened, I ran to the control room <laughs> just to be around Jets fans for a moment in time. I knew my friends were watching today at someone's apartment. Shout out Mike and Justin. They were like, I was with them all day yesterday. They were talking about how bad this game was probably going to go today. So it was just. It was so great to see the Jets win. Jets 2-0, too. Absolute scenes. Absolute scenes, <laughs> Bloody lads. scenes. Shout Absolute out Darren. Second scenes. shout out for Darren this episode. Love hey, Darren. Listen, Darren's the man. Darren's, Darren's pushing the UK audience over here. Yeah. But like, My apologies. This was just such a crazy game when you look at it in total. The Mets struck out 20 Pirates and walked none. John, <laughs> you said that was the the most. Yeah, it was, it was a Mets record for a nine-inning game. And the Mets are also just the fifth team ever with at least 20 strikeouts and no walks issued in a nine-inning game in baseball history. It's wild. Joel yeah. Rodriguez was a big part of it, coming in for two nice innings with five strikeouts. Love Got a win. That. that was awesome. First win as a Met. Yes, first win as a Met. Mets also had 12 hits and walked six times and also got hit by one pitch. And somehow the game was 3-3 yeah, so 19 men on base, and you struck out 20 Pirates. Pirates only had seven outs in the field of play. <laughs> oh, that's, ridiculous. that's insane. Yeah. Some other fun stats. McNeil reached base safely five times on Sunday. Second time he's done that in his career. First time since September 23rd of 2018. That's a long time ago. Yeah, it's a very long time. Gord, three for three in stolen base attempts with the Mets. Alonzo has an RBI. Bats now flying behind us. Oh, my God. We have Batcam. I hope you guys can see this on YouTube because that is crazy. Yeah, there's a, there's a live We bat. got a really, really clean look at that bat over here yeah. in the light. It, like, was, yeah. so it was a little close for my liking. It was a little close. <laughs> no, but I, also, I thought you liked the bat. No, I like but I bat. do. I'm here. Listen, I'm, I like content, and that bat is <laughs> premium content. That's crazy content. We might have to start doing shows in here for the bat. I wonder how many bats you guys think are in here. Over that should be the estimate. How many bats? I don't read the mouth the pizza club. You have to like. We were talking about like lathering they ourselves reproduce? in like sweet liqueur. I think they certainly reproduce. Oh, yeah. they're mammals. No doubt. Yeah, they're mammals. We, yeah, we, we just see? did it. We just did it. See, I was taught. I thought. I was like, well, they're not birds. And James was like, oh, clearly. I was like, oh, well, I said close. they're not. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so oh, close. My God. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, it's like on us. It senses no. Oh, oh, it senses fear. God. It senses fear. Everybody, well, actually, oh. I think you should keep moving. Oh. I'm taking a picture and I, you guys can tweet. I think it's the opposite oh, my God. of bees. It's the opposite of bees where oh. you're supposed to stay still. Oh, it's right this on top of Mendes. Oh, pick a spot. Oh, We're trying to do an land, episode here. Land, land somewhere. <laughs> Can we open a window? No, I don't <laughs> no. think so. I think that's why you get stuck in here. How did you yeah. even get in here? Oh, this, in poor the first thing, place. this poor thing's going to starve. Uh, it's going to die. Maybe this poor thing just wants to listen to an episode of Messed Up. Listen, I don't know. We are, you know, quite. I don't, I don't know how to focus on the rest of this episode. This is, this is <laughs> tough. This is tough. All right, let's power through the, these notes here for this against <laughs> the, the pirates. flying around their head. Bats and pirates? Is that a thing? No, they have parrots. Yeah, pirates and parrots. Oh. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, Alonzo, RBI in six straight games as I have a bat full. Uh, the shadows are over my head. He's not that far from us. It's so close. Oh, oh my God. Oh, this is, this is sheer chaos. <laughs> I can't believe this happened. We're going to need a promo of this. Live podcast. This is what happened. Holy this is, this is crap. unbelievable. All right. Do we have anything else here? Alonzo, six. RBI in six straight games, first time in his career. Set a record for single-season wins at City Field. The Mets did. 50. Love that. Yes. Love yeah, that. So that, was over, and record, that record was set in 2015. I'm on edge. You know you know who would I would trust to be able to kill or catch a bat if the situation came? Who? John Stearns. Ah, John Stearns, yes. That dude. Maybe, but John Stearns passed away, for, member of the Mets family over the weekend. Great to see him at a little time of his day. Absolutely. Just yeah. before that happened, he... 
got in the box and gave a couple cuts as a 71-year-old. Immediately, as soon as BP was allowed to be taken, grabbed a bat. John Stearns was the first one in there taking some healthy, healthy cuts. It was uh, it was really cool to see, and obviously unfortunate, you know, the news that we got. But that's gone. <laughs> John Stearns, Mets legend, yes, four-time All Star. He yeah. had a great Mets career. Really and I feel like I feel like it doesn't necessarily always get appreciated, but a four-time All Star with the team played ten years with the Mets. He only played one game for a team that wasn't the Mets, and he played one game for the Phillies in '74. Otherwise, his entire career was with the Mets. And a coach on the 2000 team. Yes, nice. I mean, John Stearns was a Met through and through. One of the greats. Rest in peace. Yes. And also, as well, we lost another person in the Met family, Joan Hodges, Gil Hodges' widow. Um, Pretty incredible that they got to experience old-timers day this year. Yeah, like definitely. It's, it's very sad they've passed, but just amazing they were able to do that. It's amazing that they get to come back and, um, and be with the guys and teammates and family again. And for Joan Hodges, um, you know, the Hodges family advocated for, for decades for Gill's induction to the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. yep. um, which was long overdue. And like, for sure. Finally happened as well. this summer. She was around to see the ceremony, and she was the one who received the call from the Hall of Fame informing awesome. the family that he was going to be inducted, which, I mean, you know, so deserving. So uh, a very sad weekend in a lot of ways in, in, in the Mets family. But, yeah. Um, yeah, good on you guys for definitely bringing that up. I'm watching Mendez over here. His, his head's on a swivel right now. The uh, guys, all of our heads. I'm, yeah. I'm really scared about this barbecue sauce that John has on the couch open. That seems like bat. That seems like something a bat would That's enjoy. That's like barbecue sauce? I'm sure they... Put it right here. Put <laughs> it right on the <laughs> it's table. It's better whenever else they're eating it here. <laughs> a barbecue, barbecue Wait, sauce the popcorn from, over there. Is the popcorn yeah. still over there? Oh, that's probably yeah. what he's coming for. That's probably, that's probably they, how they, we, they like bugs. There's not a lot of similarities between popcorn and bugs. Less protein. Small. Crap, crunchy. Not that small. Probably yeah, a little crunchy. Mosquito's definitely not crunchy, though. No, mosquitoes are... This is really on a swivel. <laughs> Listen, this is... It feels like an episode of The Office. <laughs> this is content right now. There is a yeah. bat on the studio set. Francisco Alvarez just went deep. Love that. 50th Love home that. run, 204 games since the beginning of 2021. Mark Vientos got his first hit and yes, RBI he did. as Thursday a New York Met, which was awesome. Happened, feels like a year ago. Yeah, which was awesome. Get him off the schneid a little bit here, so love Mets, to see that. Mets first four-game sweep since September 2019 against Arizona, which had a very similar vibe. Yes, very just similar. Just a bad team coming to town, just crushing them. And hey... Mets gained, a game, gained half a game on the Braves in the standings. We are now one game up on the Braves. The Phillies couldn't help us out at all. Phillies have two games. In, uh, Braves have two games in hand, though. Okay, yeah. Phillies couldn't help us out in the slightest, which is just frustrating. Frustrating, yeah, to say very. the least. But, hey, listen, Mets just keep winning. We don't got to worry about what's going on in Atlanta. Just keep playing good baseball. If keep the, winning. The Mets win every game the rest of the year. They will win the division. That is a fact. Control that your own destiny. That is a fact. Control your own destiny. And I like, I like, I like the way that sounds. Yeah, all right. Got a little estimate recap, John? Yeah, John, uh, I think I think your boy brought it home this episode, right? I think he did. Yeah, so what's funny is, uh, you know, I'm dealing with this cold here. Mark and James last night are going back and forth in our text chain at like 12.45 a.m. <laughs> arguing about Lindor songs. Like, I had a, I never silenced my night. notifications. And last <laughs> night, I silenced my notifications. Um, <laughs> so these guys really care and really don't want to be the loser of this. No. Um, but yeah, it was 15 different songs. So here's the breakdown. Okay. Francisco Lindor used one different song for each of his plate appearances for the first three games of the series. Unreal. It was 14. Today, all the players used uh, songs by Latin artists, and they used the same song for each plate appearance. So Lindor used 15 different songs during the series. Mm-hmm. I have a list here. In no particular order, I Feel Good by James Brown. It's Tricky. By the way, shout out DJ Razor, who did a great job on Friday. If you weren't in the park for it, you missed out. Razor killed it. Let's Can't wait Razor. for the next time. Uh, Suavemente. Banger. Next by Drake. Bomb Bomb. Great song. Banger. Pepas. El Taxi. Banger. Uh, the song he hit the <laughs> home run on was, which song was it? Uh, Tonight's the Night by Redman. Okay. That was the that, song. That's a banger. That was the song he hit that's the home run song. with. So anyway, 15 different songs used. Congrats to Mark, who once again brings it to within one game, if you would. The score is now 9-8. to eight. Pesky. Uh, very pesky, not going away, just like the NL East race. <laughs> this is my scorecard from today. I'm going to have to rip it up because I forgot to bring paper in here. We, oh, we uh, remember either. had a late no. audible to record in here. Uh, not knowing the, there was a bat. Not, yeah. The bat happened, and so... That should be also the punishment. The person also has to sleep oh in my here God, with back. The, Where is it? Right here. Oh, it's flying low. Low. It's low. There, we might get a... a <laughs> I don't know if I can say it, but we <laughs> might, might come by us. So, Mark... Paper. Uh, Scorecard. Guys, I have one pencil again. We'll have to share a pencil. Okay. Mendez, do you have one? Mendez. Let's see if Mendez has a writing utensil here. Um, But anyway, so the Mets going to Milwaukee now for a three-game series. Uh, Mind you, we haven't mentioned this yet. The magic number is down to two? 
One for a postseason berth. Yeah, one for a postseason berth. Anyway, since the Mets are playing the Brewers head-to-head, the Mets win. They're in. First time in the postseason since 2016. Should be a good week in Milwaukee. You got Max Scherzer coming off the injured list, facing off with uh, Corbin Burns tomorrow night. So a couple former Cy Young winners. Great pitching matchup. But we've talked a lot about Daniel Vogelback's big series. Burns actually on the schedule for Tuesday. Really? Oh. On ESPN. That's on ESPN. ESPN. Oh, on on Mets. Mets.com, they have Burns, Burns okay. on Monday. TBD is Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it is Burns, do you prefer that you use that bullet in Scherzer against their ace, or do you prefer you don't? I just want Max Scherzer to pitch yeah. as soon as possible so he can pitch again as soon as possible. No, I'm with you. That's what the bonus episode goes out. Exactly. Yes. Oh, yeah. Too. Tuesday. Big, big news for you guys. It's, it's actually coming out Tuesday. Scherzer's pitching Max Scherzer. on Monday. He's, it's sick. A, he's incredible. But um, anyway, so we talked about Vogelback's big series. We talked about Eduardo Escobar's big series. Both of them used to call Milwaukee home. Last Boy, year, same time. For right? a very brief period uh, of time. Yes, Eduardo Escobar was a midseason acquisition. Mercenaries. Uh, Vogelback was there in 20... Was he there last year as well? I know he was with Seattle 2019. He had to break he was there for most of last year. Vogelback was in there in 2021 yep. and 2020. So 19 games yep. in 2020, 93 in 21. Yeah, he was traded to the Blue Jays, I believe, in 2020. He didn't have a great start. Oh, I thought that was yeah. bat. Oh, my God. It was <laughs> a fly. That? That's why I, I just killed his food. He's going to come right over oh, here. Oh, you should not have done that. Where that is it? Where'd find it? Throw it away somewhere. I don't know. Take the fly. I, I have no clue where it went. Oh, All right, so sauce. we interrupted John again because of this bat. But no, John, I mean, the bat, honestly, is the, the most important. Yeah. The if the bat's close, I want to know. You guys can interrupt <laughs> yeah. it at any point in time. We need to know where the bat is. Um, <laughs> so I'll try to get this in as quickly as possible. Eduardo <laughs> Escobar, too. Daniel Vogelback, both going home. Not at Miller Park anymore. American Trust Life, whatever it's called. American bad Family name. Insurance. Yeah, bad name. Terrible name. Anyway, how many total bases will Eduardo Escobar and Daniel Vogelback combine for in this three-game series at Milwaukee? That is the estimate for this episode. Okay. Insert Jeopardy music. Let's think about this. So with a TBD, that's kind of interesting because that could be a righty or a lefty. Yeah. Don't don't look at my scorecard. Don't I'm look at my don't look at my hand handwritten math over here. If you do four four times four again, I'm gonna laugh. Listen, you just sometimes you worked last time. Yeah, worked yeah, last yeah time. laugh all the way to the bank. See, the unfortunate <laughs> thing about the last estimate is I did not know that Lindor uses a different song every single time he's up. So it pretty much became a contest of how many plate appearances he's going to take in yeah. the series. I thought well, I thought there was going to be at least one or two games where he found a way, got hot, and like stuck. It was only If it was two instead of one, I would have had it, but it was only one. That, I, was, my, that was my bet was. I am trying to make it happen where he comes up to the uh, It's Corn song. It's Corn. I, love I don't know song. how it would go over. It's a bop. I feel uh, like it is a bop. I don't know. I don't know if it's a walk-up bop, though. I think the fans yeah, would like it. Oh, I already have my number. Oh. I love it's corn. I mean, we're in the also, we uh, shout to James McCann. Shout out to Big Hit Jim. He is the Roberto Clemente nominee for the Mets. Nice. And on Roberto Clemente night, obviously gets honored. Carlos Carrasco, also former yep. Roberto Clemente Award yes. winner. Yes. So and don't forget of- to shout out Declan. I hope I'm not butchering your name. Uh, who you guys referred to on the last episode, yes, the young man. Declan. Declan. Yes, Declan. Declan. Declan, who was yeah. on his mom's account. You guys explained yes. Declan. Yeah, we got Declan. Declan, you the man. We appreciate you. Also, I didn't shout out on the last episode. Um, oh, man, I forgot your name. Now I'm pulling a James. But Spirit Bear. The Spirit Bear. The Spirit Bear. I oh completely my God. forgot that to talk about story. it. Ooh, There's this, this guy. I wish I had your name, but it's like a week ago now because I'm bad at this. But you took a picture of a polar bear, and you were hanging out with, I believe, in in. Canada or Alaska? I don't know. I don't know my geography well. James, maybe you could help me here. But you took a picture of a polar bear. You said you showed it to Inuits, and they saw a face of a wolf in the polar bear. And they called, they, they named really? it the yeah. spirit bear. This guy took that picture, gave it to Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo apparently hangs it up in his house, in his living room. It's a big part of, you know, Pete Alonzo's whole well, identity and brand is the, is the polar bear. And we saw him because he was shadowing a photographer for the Mets, I believe. Um, long story short, Pete Alonzo signed the picture of the spirit bear, and this guy now has that. And I think it's really cool. The spirit, it's a great picture, by the way. So you Very probably cool. know what you're doing with the camera. I don't know where the- and I have one more shout-out. Shout-out Mrs. Shiano, who I met right before the recording started. No shout-outs for uh, Mrs. So I met both your parents this week. Mark, I still haven't met your mom. <laughs> you did meet my mom. Oh, I did meet your mom. I didn't shout her out. I didn't shout her out. I didn't shout her out. That's what I meant. John's in trouble. That's what I meant. I didn't shout her out. Um, yeah, I want to shout something. out Mr. Shiano. She invited me for New Year's Eve for lentils. So uh, I guess I have New Year's Eve plans, which is cool. That's yeah, big, you're, yeah, you're not invited to the Luino house. Keep no, forgetting my mom. Like that. I actually Jeez. spoke about the, the penny bread um, to some people. I think it was on Friday night, Friday or Saturday. I mentioned the penny bread. So, oh, yeah. Really? Very yeah. cool. It's a penny? That's like the least I think sanitary it's like a, coin. I, th- I think it's a quarter 
I think it's a quarter. I think it's a penny. I, well, for me, I think it's a quarter. Oh. But I, I think it's it's a, any coin, I believe. Because, I mean, They're let's be good. honest. This, like, came from Greece. They don't have quarters over there. No, yeah. So, I think it's whatever right. just is available. All right, spin the SMM. Yeah, let's do it. And All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. Eight. Ten. Ooh. Uh-oh. Here we, we got go. a close one here. I don't like that you're oh. higher than me. I love when you go lower. Total bases? Total yeah. bases. Yeah. One home run. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much half of yours. Yeah. Yeah. So Mark, Mark, Mark's Eight. down on the Mets right now. I'm high on the Mets, no, I'm so just, you can I'm take just, it from that. I'm just predicting. So nine's a push, too. Nine's a nine's push. A push. Nine's a push, which is unfortunate. I don't like that. I don't like that we can have a tie. <laughs> what's, what's the tiebreaker? Walks. Walks? That's, no, that's uh, it's sense. too much now. It's too much now. Sense. All right. Yeah, nine's a you know push, what? If it's whatever. nine, we'll flip a coin. No, I think we have to accept the push and move on. Okay, fine, fine. I, fine. Think, a, I think a coin flip's fun. I like the coin. How about a push-up competition? Yes, I'm down. All right, let's do it. Okay. All right, cool. I'm in. It's Settled. Nine. I'm in. It's nine <laughs> push-up competition. I've got Perfect. one. There's a will, there's a way. I don't know about that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, no, I'll, I'm great at push-ups. It's like, uh, like the only exercise I do besides biking and running. All right, That's sounds like we got ourselves a contest. I thought you were just I'm rooting for nine. Running guy. Now also a lot of push-ups. Ah, but that's unfortunate. Got pitching matchups this series. Said before, Max Scherzer versus Corbin Burns on Monday. A true, I say it as a joke a lot of times. It's a true ace-off. Yeah. Two of the best five pitchers nationally. That'll be really cool to see. Burns hasn't been great lately, but he has been quite good. Also, I, I talked about how bad, the, how disappointing the Brewers were last episode. Had a good weekend series against the Yankees. Two of three. So they're ready to go. They're like the only game out of playoff spot now, I believe. Mm-hmm. After the Phillies were unceremoniously swept. By the Atlanta Braves because they can't do anything for us, of course. Thanks, Philly, for yeah. nothing. Yep. Tuesday, Fangraphs telling me that the Brewers are going to bring Josh Limbaum back to be oh. on the mound. He's Ooh. a lefty. No, he's a righty. Josh Limbaum? Yeah. Oh, okay. I he's thought he was a lefty. No, he's a righty. He feels like he should be lefty. He, he, he appears as a lefty. Yeah. 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 Josh Limbaum. Like KBL guy, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. He got really good there. He came back. He did nothing. I thought he was going to be great. I had him in every fantasy baseball league last year. That's about right. He was great against KBL. But against Carlos Carrasco and then Wednesday, Daytime matinee, Taiwan Walker versus Adrian Hauser. Okay. I like it. I mean, no reason we can't dominate this series. Uh, Miller, not Miller Park, American Family Home Insurance, whatever Miller it is. Miller Park to me. It's like a sneaky good hitters park, yes, right? It's definitely hitters park. Especially for left-handed hitters, I believe. Nice. Good for Vogie. Yeah, good for Vogie. And good for Escobar. Escobar gets all the righties. Good for Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil and yeah. Tyler Naquin. Good for the whole squad. Tyler Naquin's due for that messed up bump as well. Definitely. Uh, I think we had a couple hits this yeah. series. Yeah. Listen, no Tyler one's hotter than Tomas Nito right Tyler now. Tyler Nakin. Yeah, Nakan. 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 I believe was what he went by. Nakan. Anything else here to wrap up this episode for us? I'm just, I really just got to get out of here before this bat comes back. Yeah, I know. I, we're, we're really <laughs> we're really testing fate because this bat is hungry. I yeah, believe. I mean, it, just, it was really nice to see the Mets crush a bad team after all of the bad juju from last week. Great Definitely. to see all of you guys come back to us with the things you did to break the luck, yep. all the positive energy. I got a bunch of you guys get, did good deeds. That makes us feel cool. Also, one of our best rated episodes ever, Definitely. which is really cool to see that we did something different and the Mets did not play very well and you guys still came back to listen, which we appreciate a lot. That's all I got, though. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way for us to end it here, guys. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Remember to follow us on all our social media, at MetsUp on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're looking for the YouTube video, go over to the New York Mets YouTube channel. Go subscribe over there and go watch it. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts, drop us a rating, a review, download, and subscribe. We really do appreciate it. Follow James on Twitter at at James underscore Shiano. Also, work my, follow my full-time job at Mojo, launching today on Monday. If you give a rating and a review on the iTunes store, and you mention Mets stuff, I'll read it on the show. There you go. I like that. A little cross-promotion. A little sneaky plug there. And a shout-out to me as well, at Mark with the C. Thank you guys for listening and watching, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace out. See you next time. Get up. Get, get up. Get up.